Hello and welcome to your only fans on the Perfect Hatching Podcast, where we talk more Euro 2020 matches and less over 18 content. Today on the podcast, we have German football expert Arvin Badel. Let's get straight into it and round up another jam-packed day of Euros football. First up, we start at Hampden Park in Glasgow, where Scotland faced Czech Republic in their first ever major European or international game. He tries again, but it could be costly because it's the Czech Republic on the break and Patrick Sheik has scored again. So yeah, Arvin, let's start talking about this game. I mean, it was a, a very entertaining game for me from, from start to finish. Czech Republic especially really impressed me. But for Scotland today, you know, it's their first game in a major tournament. I was expecting a lot of fight, a lot of energy, something to really push them through. Even the fans were there. There was really silent at Hampton Park, especially... You know, the players really didn't seem up to it. I mean, especially McGinn, who was probably the only player. I didn't really see a lot from him. I mean, what do you think of Scotland's performance? Um, I, I definitely think that they had moments, obviously, throughout the game. I thought that, you know, the likes of Armstrong, you know, when he was dribbling, or even Robertson, I mean, he he was incredible throughout the game when he was getting on the ball. He was continuously beating his man down the left-hand side and getting those balls in the box. And, you know, they had chances and... Scotland would feel hard done by, I think, especially when I watched them at times in the game. They were just like, they were making such good uh, dribbling and they were, well, they had moments of, you know, for example, James Forrest when he was driving to a box. He had several chances. I think there was one that came off the crossbar. I mean, it was a shot outside the box. But again, it comes down to fine margins. And I think Czech, uh, Czech Republic did really well to, you know, especially from the physical physical side, outbattle them. And, you know, they took their chances, obviously, that Patrick shit goal was incredible. I, yeah, I think you can agree with me on that one. And you know, the, even the first half, the header, you know, incredibly difficult header, but he managed to score it. And that was the difference. One side took their chances and one side just had moments. What do you think? Yeah, you mentioned Andrew Robertson. I mean, personally, as, as a person after Robertson, what you said about Let's Come Madrid, you know, um, in the Champions League, the stuff he says about Chelsea and Frank Lampard, I don't rate the guys personally. Today, I mean, he really showed why he he's wearing the captain's armband for for Scotland. He was the one guy who was getting forward, making the runs. He was getting back quickly to defend against, you know, the right winger of, of Czech Republic. He really stood out for me today. And yeah, if there's one player on the pitch who showed how much it meant to play in a major tournament for your country, it was Robertson. You look at McTominay today, who was drifting in and out of the game. I don't really think he played well. He was losing the ball midfield. McGinn, who was relying a lot for his, for his press resistance today, Completely out of the game. You think of the centre back Liam Cooper was very poor. Uh, Grant Hanley, Grant Hanley, sorry, if you, if you might, are very very poor. And yeah, yeah, the strikers Che Adams when he came on was really non-existent. But there's one player who I'd say it would definitely be Andrew Robertson. What performance for him today? He's had a very very tough season. He's played nearly every single game for Liverpool, despite Costa Simicas being there. You know, Liverpool have had to rely on the fullbacks a lot with Van Dijk and um and Gomez being out, and Robertson was literally there the whole time to us for Scotland today. Very unfortunate for him. He, he looked like the only guy who was whipping in crosses. He was getting forward. He was really showing what it meant to play for Scotland. And yeah, if he wasn't playing today, if, you know, Kieran Tierney was playing there today, slight dig at Tierney, but you would not have seen the same Scotland. It could have been 3 4 5 nil, in my opinion. But yeah, you mentioned Czech Republic a little bit. I mean, yeah, Czech Republic today really impressed me. I'm not going to lie. I mean, physical, physically, they were really strong, especially with Patrick Schick, with, with Duda, uh, not Duda, sorry, with Derida. Very, very strong. And, you know, in these games... um. You can't really rely on technical ability a lot. You need to dominate teams physically as well. And that's what they did. I mean, what did you think of Czech Republic overall today? 
Um, yeah, as I said, you know, physicality, especially, you know, just staying composed in a way that, for example, when, for example, James Forrest, maybe Shea Adams was getting behind when they had, when Scotland did have those moments, they never panicked in any situation. But like Thomas Suchek in the midfield and, um, and for example, the centre-backs as well, they were, they stayed composed. They didn't really, they didn't really panic at any moment. So I think, especially for them, I think it'll be a very composed win. For Scotland's point of view, obviously, you know, they'll be gutted. I think the, the commentary, the the pundits after all the, all the Scottish pundits, they were like, how did we not score that game? So, I mean, Scotland, massive letdown for Czech Republic. I think this is a good, it's a good match to have because I think now they've got confidence going, obviously, into the England game and the other game. Uh, the Croatia game so I think you know they're gonna they're gonna have to be on point and they're gonna have to put in the same performances as they did today so for them you know great performance Schick they I mean to be honest from the time that I've known him in the Bundesliga especially you know the way he plays I always compared him to a donkey type player I don't think he's been that good for RB Leipzig and for Leverkusen he's had moments but today you know really showed that Czech Republic do have goals in them and he's that one player that can that they can rely on and we saw that in the goals he scored today so yeah very impressed i think it's testament to Schick that we mentioned him a little bit more i mean the first half header the cross from Sufal was on the money for Schick. he headed it past david marshall what a goal and that second goal i want to get your take on this i want you to talk us through that goal for me i'm going to be completely honest it's a bit dramatic that was the best goal i've ever seen like live i mean david beckham back all them years ago for man united i didn't even see that goal wayne rooney against west ham 2014 was similar but this is the best goal in terms of swerve, in terms of technique, in terms of accuracy, in terms of the position on the pitch. I mean, talk me through that goal. How superb and how amazing was that from Schick? I mean, there was a Instagram post of that where there was when he shot the ball, it was it was like miles away, a mm. bit like you know Roberto Carlos from back in yeah. his day when he mm. when he had that free kick. It, it just looked like it was never going in, and then it sort of you know the curl on that, like you know, you compare that to. Uh, the F2 was just they'd be very impressed by that Jeremy Lynch was was. yeah the the curl on that wow it was just incredible and I never knew he was capable of such a thing but you know I I don't know what I don't know what um, I I don't know what Marshall was doing in goal being that far out especially you know with them winning back possession but you know all the credit has to go to Schick to be honest nothing nothing could stop that when the keeper's there so Brilliant, absolutely brilliant from Schick, wonderful. I think, yeah, maybe sometimes the tall players don't get enough praise for their technical ability at times, especially Schick, who you mentioned is known as a donkey. From what I've seen, he's seen like quite a, not maybe a technical player, he's good in the air, he's good at holding up the ball, but technically today, that finish, as soon as it left his boot, you could see the the swerve, the power on the ball, the pace that it was going to beat David Marshall. I mean, that is the best goal I'm sure we're going to see. If there's a, if there's a goal better than that, uh, for the rest of year 2020, that's surely going to be uh, the goal of the century or something, you know, so far. But yeah, let's move on from, from Schick a little bit. Let's talk about the goalkeeper, Vaklic, or Vaklic, however you pronounce it. Uh, Severe goalkeeper who's actually been dropped by Bono this season. Uh, the Algerian goalkeeper, he's not been playing a lot. He's been on the bench. And today, you know, the crucial saves from from um, Dyke, from Adams, from from Fraser. What a performance from Vaklic. Um from a goalkeeper, we've seen some good defensive goalkeeper performances so far. Dubravko, who we'll get into a little bit later, and a few other ones. But Vaklik today really kept them in the game. Maybe another one for me, who's kind of a low-key player, so that was Alex Kral, who plays for, I believe, Spartak Moscow in, in the Russian League. What a player he is. He's kind of a box-to-box kind of eight midfielder, number 21 for the Czech Republic. And, you know, Thomas Suchek, for me, really I was under Sean today, but Alex Kral today, he was kind of... 
dropping deep to receive the ball and going into the other box, controlling possession, kind of like Iniesta player. And yeah, for me, a kind of low-key player for Czech Republic really stood out. I mean, if we want to talk about Scotland a little bit more before we move on, I think Jack Henry, a right centre-back for me, he was kind of playing the overlapping centre-back role. He was getting forward and kind of um, getting in there and into the box. I mean, today, Scotland were missing some of their centre-backs, some of their key centre-backs. And Henry's role was to be kind of that rotation player to get in there into the box. And for me, he did a very, very good job on the right centre-back role. I think he actually kicked the ball to... A, uh, a Czech Republic player that actually led to Schick's second goal. Apart from that, he was was really immaculate, and I forgot to mention him earlier. But overall for the game, Arvin, do you think this is going to really affect Scotland for the rest of the group from what you saw today? And overall, I don't th- I don't really think it does because um, I have to mention back. I watched some of obviously the qualifiers for the Euros. Uh, some of the games, you know, when you when you're just going through the highlights and stuff like that, and most of the time, I when when I saw Scotland uh, games or highlights or whatever, I did see a really robust team that you know got that goal and they stay really resilient throughout. And I think they never really uh, they never really had an opportunity, or they never really had a moment where they was they were really panicking or there was a certain uh, position in the game where they were really, you know not you know not doing well when they were behind they were never panicking i think this game especially i haven't seen scotland make as many chances as they did today so i think they'd really they'd really you know be down on the fact that they could have had so much more today they could have at least had you know for my point i think they should have at least come away with a point but czech's uh czech republic's efficiency i feel like just just outshone the game and you know scotland you know, you can you can have these moments, you can have these, you know, positions in the game where you're dominating, but if it doesn't turn to goals, you don't win the game. So I think for them especially, it's just, you know, I don't think they'll be disheartened by it because I know from, well, from now, I think that the players will know that they can create chances because the amount that they created today was ridiculous and it was a lot. And I was stunned by the fact that, you know, for example, the likes of um, Armstrong, you know, stepped up, Robertson stepped up as a captain, you know, showed really captain display example leadership and, you know, James Forrest coming off the bench. So I, f- I think they have got uh, quality in some areas of the pitches. Obviously, Billy Gilmore didn't start today. I, I think he would be quite upset about that, but he's still an option to come into it. So I think, you know, they wouldn't, obviously, Ryan Fraser, Che Adams, they wouldn't be this hard by it, but I do think they have to, you know, look at themselves and think, well, we didn't take our chances today. Possibly they could beat uh, Croatia. I think Croatia are looking really poor right now. So that's probably the only hope. I don't think they're going to beat England on Friday. But yeah, let's kind of wrap that up. Czech Republic, very, very good first performance. I think they're quite favourites to go through to the to the round of 16 now. And Scotland need to pick up their form. Whereas it could be curtains for them soon. Next up, we're going to talk about Poland versus Slovakia. A huge game. So yeah, let's talk about Poland v Slovakia. I mean, definitely not a blockbuster game in the group that Everyone's going to be looking at, I think that'll be Spain v Sweden, which we'll get into later. I mean, most of what I say, 95% of people are watching this game to watch Robert Lewandowski play mm-hmm. the supposed Ballon d'Or kind of favourite along, alongside N'Golo Kante. But yeah, um, Arvin, you are a German football expert. You know a lot about Lewandowski. He's, he's your favourite player. So what do you think uh, was struggling with? What do you think Poland kind of struggled with today in, in trying to bring Lewandowski into the game? Um, so I felt because uh, I watched all of this game because obviously I had to watch Lewandowski, but I feel like especially in the first half, 
Poland were just awful. They were terrible. They were beaten to second balls on every single occasion by Slovakia. They they just went on it, the midfielders. And I think more to the point, they always tried to pass Lewandowski. And I think he was always being crowded out by about five or six players, which is not the way to play. Because, you know, for, for example, when you're when you're playing that into Lewandowski all the time, I think, you know, there's certain players who he drags away from the game. And then there's certain other players that are in positions where they could affect the game, for example, Rebus was getting in excellent positions, but he was never being picked out. And, you know, the midfield was absolutely poor in that first half. You know, the, the, the second balls that they lost continuously and, you know, Slovakia looked absolutely scintillating on the counter, you know, with Duda and Hamšík, you know, always coming back to pick up the ball and then driving on from the press, from Poland's press. So I think um, Lewandowski's point of view, I think he was starved of uh, any service. I think obviously people think that, you know, a striker or player of him should make things happen from out of nowhere. I don't think he is that type of player, but I do think if, you know, he gets one chance or even a half chance, he does score. But today it just wasn't Poland's day, to be honest. But I have to say, especially um, at the start of the second half, they were, they were absolutely terrific. And from that point on, from I think the second half till the sending off, you know, the, um, we started to actually see the fact that Poland used Lewandowski as a distraction to bring others into a game. That's why from Linity's goal, I think, um, who was it that made uh, Rebus? You know, he made another brilliant run. You know, he cut it back. Lewandowski drags the market out, and then Linity scores with you know, and he he had the, all the time in the world. And those cutbacks were you know really important for Poland because they they created several chances through that. So I think um, for Poland, really, the first half let them down, and in the second half they were brilliant. But that sending off just meant that they couldn't win the game. From what I see, Kraczyk is their number 10. He's an experienced player. He's played for Sevilla. He's played for Stoke. He's a player who has to keep his head and, you know, keep his feet on the ground after getting a yellow card. You know, be a bit grounded. Keep your discipline for the rest of the game. You know, don't cross your side. And it's disappointing to see such a key player uh, get sending off. And, yeah, that seemed to be the downfall in Poland's game today. I mean, from what I saw today, it was just a decent attacking performance after the second half. But... You know, Martin Dubravka was on was in electric form, so he was saving left, right, centre. Really good performance from him. I, but from what I see, I think these two teams could both struggle in this group. I mean, it did look like two clowns were having a boxing match at times. Like after setting off, even before that, Poland really struggled to really create stuff, especially in the first half. Slovakia, you know, they're okay in 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 the final third, I guess, with with some players like Duda. But overall, I say Slovakia very very poor. I mean, Milan Skriniar, if he wasn't playing today. It could have been curtains for Slovakia, like I said before. And yeah, I mean, it looked very poor. I mean, if there's any players in Slovakia who really stood out for you today, I mean, there's probably a very, very few selections of players. Who would you kind of uh, um, I'd definitely say uh, Mac, Robert Mac was definitely a player. I think a, a commentator alluded to the fact that he was a freestyler and, you know, that goal that he did, uh, it was incredible. You know, he not make the, I think it was... I think it was um, Josviak here. He, he nutmegged him and then he got away from two plays and then he just, you know, caught out uh, Chesney as near post who has been awful in the start of every opening Euro game since, you know, his since he, you know, started playing the Euros. So I think um, uh, Robert Mack was definitely a player, you know, he looked really skillful. He looked like the player that could make things happen. Duda, when he was in a good phase in the first half, you know, he's continuously picking up the ball from deep and then breaking on from Poland's press. Same with Hamšík. So I think Slovakia have a few plays here and there that can make things happen. But I think overall, in terms of when they face a better team who's more efficient rather than, you know, for example, Lenity or Mateusz Klich or Rebus or Zielinski playing up front for some reason, I do think they could struggle a lot because 
apart from that, really, the defence, you know, when Poland were in good positions and when they were starting to win the second ball in the second half, you did see a lot of, you know, frailties, especially within the midfield where they weren't really tracking back. And there were some players like Duda who were being pushed all the way back to, you know, try and get the ball and they couldn't really affect anything. So I think Slovakia, yeah, I'd say Robert Mack really stood out, Duda and obviously Skriniar. I mean, he's a Scudetto winner with um, Inter. So I think apart from that, really, they don't really have too much. I don't, I'm not really expecting that much from them throughout this tournament. I think Spain and Sweden could, could I think I think in my opinion would be the favourites to go through, but you know we can still see I don't know Slovakia maybe nicking a draw from both of them, but I don't know we have to see. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to agree with you both. I say very very poor today. I mean Slovakia got the win for they had to rely on their Skedeta winning centre back to score a goal from outside the box. So yeah, both teams very very poor. I don't think they're gonna go through even in the third place kind of thing. I think other teams have a bigger chance of going through. You know like Scotland or maybe. Other groups like Portugal, Germany, France, one of them will probably go through. So, yeah, for me, these two are, are big favourites to go out. And, yeah, very, very sad. But, yeah, Milan's Grini are fair, fair play. Next up, we go to the Olympic Stadium in Seville, where Spain had a bore 0-0 draw with Sweden. Yeah, today, I mean, it was the first 0-0 draw of, of Euro 2020. And today was a, a game that really could have had a few a few goals. I mean, uh, Olmo had the chance in the first half. A very good save from Robin Olsen, I mean, Pedri was really whipping in some amazing balls. Uh, Sarabia had a chance at the end. Um, Gerard Reina, I believe, had a header towards the end of the game as well. For me, it was just Sweden were incredibly, incredibly poor. We'll get into them a little bit later. But in terms of Spain, let's talk about that starting 11 to start off with Luis Enrique, you know, Champions League winning manager, very, very experienced. He knows how to get the best out of players. But for me, what I saw today was no Moreno in the starting 11, no Fabian Ruiz, no Cesar Pelequeta. I mean, it looked like a disaster class waiting to happen. What are your opinions on that? Um, the lineup in itself, I was a bit. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say shocked because I think you know the, uh, I think Koke, especially you know he is a good player, but you know I thought Thiago would maybe start. I think especially when he came on, when but but at the start of when he came on, he was very poor. I have to say he he was losing the ball continuously, and I think you know it took him a while to get into the game. But I think especially. From after that point, he was, you know, trying to make things happen, especially Pedri. So Pedri was a player that stood out for me. I did expect a lot of him from before the game. And, you know, his understanding of Jordi Alba was incredible throughout the 90 minutes. So I think them two especially were really good. Dan Yormo, again, you know, been credited to at RB Leipzig. He was another player that was, you know, decent today. I think he got into good positions. Again, you know... Marcus Llorente left uh, right back. Sorry, that was a bit of a surprise for me because I thought maybe Aspilicueta, you know, not necessarily that he's a Champions League winner because I think that doesn't come into it. I just think that Aspilicueta is just more experienced than Marcus Llorente at uh, right back. So I think I expected him to start. Um, but other than that, really, Rodri, Pedri, uh, Dani Olmo, I, I was a bit surprised that uh, maybe, for example, uh, Mikel Yazabel didn't, didn't start for he might have started. Yeah, again with Thiago, Aspilicueta. So I think, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a, a weird selection as well from the start of it because I think uh, Luis Enrique also missed out on it. Iago Aspas, who had a terrific season for Celta Vigo. But, you know, that's another topic. But I think from the starting lineup, it was still good enough to win against Sweden. So there's no excuses. Exactly. No excuses. Luis Enrique, I feel I take the blame for that. It's not really the player's fault today. Currently from Alvaro Morata today was... Honestly, watching this was like PTSD from Chelsea days, missing sitters. 
getting offside, losing the ball, being so weak. I mean, you know, I don't get how this guy's even professional footballer at times. I mean, he just doesn't have anything you need, really, as a pro player. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I really enjoyed Spain's play in the first half. I thought their pressing was really good, you know, when Sweden were trying to break out of it. Spain had four, five, six players trying to get onto them, trying to win the ball. Like, Koke was in there to, to press quite high. Rodri, obviously, has done that under Guardiola for years. Pedri, maybe, has done that under Ronald Koeman. So, yeah, I mean, Spain really impressed me. I know the use of wide players, especially the fullbacks. Jordi Alba was really bombing past the line. And Lorente was kind of that kind of, you get what I mean, that creative kind of right back. Um, You know, one kind of one that's bombing forward and one kind of creative one to whip the balls in back post. And I, I really like the dynamic. But second half, Spain really uh, faded out, in my opinion. And, yeah, from what people were saying, uh, people are not rating Spain. But for me, I say when you have Enrique as a manager, despite the flaws today, you can always hope high. This guy will know the problem-solving skills and difficult situations. He's done it in the Champions League and difficult semi-finals, finals against Juventus when he's won 4-1. So, yeah, maybe there's no Messi in this team. But, you know, I do rate Enrique as a manager. So I think Spain could still probably get quarters or semis from what I've seen today. Yeah, so let's move on to Sweden now. I mean, I think it's fair to start with Alexander Isak by giving him a lot of credit today. The Liga Young Player of the Year for Real Sociedad. His footwork, his vision, his strength, his pace. I mean, what do you rate about Alexander Isak today? Um, I mean, it was quite surprising, to be honest, because I thought, you know, he was that player that would maybe get a half chance or maybe miss a sitter because I don't think he was well suited to this game. I thought that Sweden... I mean, a 15, 15% possession even says it all for itself, to be honest. I think, especially in situations where they did get out, sometimes they would lose the ball immediately because Spain's press was so good. But in the second half, the, the two moments that he had, you know, one hit the post, was blocked on the line, and the other one was just, oh my God, it was terrific footwork. And the moments that he did have, he did make sure that, you know, something was made out from the, from the situation where, for example, you know, the one they squared to Berg and then he absolutely oh my god he unjustified the fact that Isaac did so much good work in that moment but you know from situations like that where nothing really where you don't expect him to do anything you know he still manages to create a situation from nothing to you know a, a sitter miss from somebody else so I think especially in that factor it will give him a lot of confidence but I think yeah again I mean Spain Sweden had four shots and two of them were two big chances so I think they'd they wouldn't be too hard done by because I think Spain, you know, they expected to work hard, you know, dominate the ball, especially in the first half. They looked really tired. So they found that second win in the second half. But for me, Isaac, you know, he, he was terrific today from 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 the balls that, you know, he got. He was he was terrific from the situations that he kind of, you know, created for himself. Where did you get second win from? Sorry, um, what kind of game did you get the second win from? Um, the the Spain game. So in the first half, they looked that like, really tired. You know, for for me, for me personally, I think uh, when they tried to break out, they were just they were just too tired. They never looked up. There was no there was no really passes on because everyone was just tired from um from running around Spain's passing and stuff. Like that. So I think especially from that point, I thought Spain, I thought Spain would eventually get the goal. I think it would just be a matter of time of when they get the goal. So I think. Yes, uh, Sweden did well, Isaac. The situations that he did have, very limited service. He he did well. He did well. Yeah, I thought you were going to say pro clubs there from what kind of, that's what I was kind of aiming at. You know, it's kind of a trait on pro clubs. You guys don't know about that. But yeah, I get what you mean. Isaac was probably a standout player for Sweden. I was really thinking of getting him as my fancy team as a backup striker because I've seen him at Sociedad. Uh, he obviously used to play for Borussia Dortmund. He didn't really get the chance. A really high rated and 
yeah, didn't break in there. But yeah, so let's talk about Sweden as a whole now. I thought, honestly, today it looked like no hope at all. Defensively, they couldn't get out of the press. You saw with Clayson, even when he came on the midfield with the young player Larsson from, from um, what you call him, Krasnodar. Could do that. I don't know why Seb Larsson is still even playing for Sweden. This guy's like played at many, many major tournaments for Sweden in the past. Um, obviously, as a whole, I thought Sweden were really, really poor. All they were doing is smashing balls up to Berg and Isak, who, yes, they can both play with ball to feet, but where the run is, Forsberg is a player that likes the ball to feet. Clayson likes the ball to feet. Larsson, obviously, Seb Larsson. Are you ever going to see him making a dime run in behind at this age? I don't know. So, yeah, um, Sweden, incredibly, incredibly poor today. I didn't see anything good from them, you know. Apart from Alexander Isak, one of the worst performances I've seen so far at Euro 2020, in my opinion. Even defensively, Spain, when they did have chances, they were clear-cut chances. Apart from that, they didn't really trouble Sweden. They didn't really, Sweden didn't really throw their body at the at the ball. They didn't really, you know, try and defend for their life. So, yeah, from what I saw of Sweden today, it doesn't look great for them going forward. Um, yeah, they have the players. Uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to think. They have the players, you know, Emil Forsberg has played countless amount of years in the Bundesliga, Bundesliga 2 under, you know, a world-class manager, Julian Nagelsmann. They have, obviously, Isaac. They have um, Seb Larsson, who's obviously not great anymore. But, yeah, for me, it just doesn't look like Sweden have the right tactics and the right manager to progress that far. Um, do you agree with that? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think... I, um, potentially, because I think for Sweden, I mean, they didn't expect to have much possession of the ball. I think, you know, we always thought that Spain were going to dominate the ball, make chances from, you know, Sweden, they'll just be pinned back, especially in the first half. They, they literally couldn't get out at all. They were, they were suffocated. You know, they were, they were very limited to that. I think the opening 10 minutes, they had probably had 10 possession. I like to think it was 0% possessions because, you know, I didn't really see him on the ball at all. But, you know, they did well for, you know, the opportunities that they get, did get when they attacked. But I would say, um, this is off topic, but I would say for uh, Spain as well, I think, Today showed that, you know, especially with the attackers that they had, you know, for example, Alvaro Morata, Dani Olmo, uh, Ferran Torres, and even, for example, Gerard Moreno and Pablo Sarabia, the five players that did have the chances throughout the game. I do, especially with the Pablo Sarabia chance, I think they always got into positions and when they get got into these positions, they never expected the, they never expected, you know, the defender to miss it. So, for example, Pablo Sarabia, you know, uh, the defender missed, and you know he had that knee shot, but he never expected the defender to miss it. I think that's I think that's a that's a key point from from you know from Spain's point of view is that they just never took their chances. I think I think it was poor from Spain, and I think it is a slight worry because you know when you're going on from these tournament points, I think in certain key areas you need your players to score, and that was you know five moments again where Spain just had just had no no attacking anticipation. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree again, you know, Spain, i say it was almost like there was a piece in the jigsaw maybe missing for Spain, uh, and that was kind of up front, maybe a Diego Costa kind of player to kind of, you know, finish a chance, expect the worst and just punish Sweden, and you know, Gerald Moreno is a very good striker, but is he that player? Murata, obviously not, Fran Torres, yes, he scored two hat-tricks in his career, but he's not someone you rely on time and time again in the season, but yeah, again, probably one of the poorest games of the tournament so far, very, very low amount of quality going forward defending and yeah very very poor but yeah guys that's kind of wrap things up it's been another jam-packed day of euro 2020 football the best goal of the tournament so far you know without a country without a doubt you know country mile patrick shake from the halfway like it wasn't even a country mile from from where it was the goal but who, you know, who, who was the better player today shake or Lewandowski? oh my god mm, yeah that's a very very sus question in my opinion um 
it's like comparing um Tom to Jerry in that program. But yeah, absolutely crazy. Patrick Schick looked like absolute baller. He's someone I'm thinking of adding to my fancy team now. He's very, very impressive. But anyways, guys, let's wrap things up. It's been a great day and a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow at 9am tomorrow UK time. Have a nice day.